0: Injuries are becoming a huge part of the season for the San Francisco Giants, and it's like whack-a-mole. They get somebody back, and somebody else goes down. In this case, Mike Yastrzemski comes off the injured list. That's great. But oh, by the way, Tyro Estrada, when he was hit in the hand by a pitch in New York in the finale, he broke it. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. And coming up on today's show, the first thing we got to talk about is that the Giants lost arguably their best player to an injury. The good news is, you know, I this is a weird thing to say, but like... If you have an Aaron Judge or something on your team who's, you know, Shohei Otani, to say, oh, we lost our best player is more impactful than losing Tyro Estrada. But at the same time, losing Tyro Estrada is impactful because the options that they have to replace him are, you know, unproven as successful major league players and that currently the Giants are not playing well. They lose another game last night, which we'll get into the specifics later, but they have lost two series in a row and now they lose the opener here and also just the injuries are piling up and it seems like when they're able to get somebody back somebody immediately goes down and that was the case last night with thankfully Mike Yastrzemski being activated off the injured list and Michael Conforto who's been dealing with a hamstring thing himself both Yaz and Conforto uh Conforto was able to return to the lineup as the designated hitter, but then there's all these ripple effects there that's moving currently Jock Peterson, right? I mean if if Conforto is DHing, then Peterson is not and that means Peterson has been playing in the outfield which you know, he did pretty well actually in Toronto. Uh in one of those games he was all over the place making some incredible plays, but long term i mean we saw last year that that was a problem and so there are all these ripple effects uh and it's not just tyro estrada who's injured you've also got mitch hanniger obviously and then it puts i don't want to say pressure but it's uh, you know if you're a glass half full kind of person you can say that these injuries have created opportunities for guys like luis matos and now, probably at second base, Casey Schmidt, he's starting there tonight. He started at shortstop last night. Brandon Crawford uh is dealing with a little bit of a side issue, but it doesn't seem to be very serious. It's kind of like ribs as opposed to an oblique. But so it's creating opportunities for these young players, which is in some ways a good thing. But at the same time, they haven't done well. That's like the kind of... I feel like okay, so there was all this energy when Casey Schmidt first got called up. He was kind of the first, I guess. Technically, Sable was the first, and he had a big game, which we'll get into a little in a little bit. But uh, there was all this energy, and it, you know, Casey Schmidt was the first young player to get this opportunity, and then I think it was Patrick Bailey, and then Luis Matos, and there was all this. Talk about how much energy they had provided, and Schmidt homered in his first game. I believe it was his first game, and then was showing off the arm, and it was just like excitement, excitement. And there was, I was talking about it. People were writing about it, like journalists, legit journalists were writing about how Giants haven't had a homegrown star in so long, and Casey Schmidt is gonna be that guy. But like pump the brakes Casey Schmidt has struggled flat out struggled like the chase issue has persisted and it's just led to you know this is why I say like when people are always saying like when are they going to hand the team over to the young players I'm always saying you know like at full strength the Giants roster didn't have obvious openings for quote-unquote young players but I mean at the catcher position there there was instability and I did say that I didn't think Joey Bart was necessarily going to be able to be the answer there and so that has been the one success has been Patrick Bailey but and look I'm not giving up on Luis Matos or Casey Schmidt at all I'm just saying if you're trying to compete right now and and win right now it's I don't want to say better but when you have proven players like Tyro Estrada who's now down and in the outfield looking at you know their their full strength outfield being Mitch Haniger and Mike Yastrzemski platooning with Austin Slater and Michael Conforto these are all proven players and what I'm always saying with a track record they're productive and you can kind of bank on that production whereas with a Schmidt and with a Matos you may get it and you may not. And I guess it's, it's also true with veteran players. Like you weren't getting production out of uh, Mitch Haniger, for example, but that's by the end of the year, you probably would have, if he had played a full season, that's just how it is. He's never been below average. And so anyway, but on the flip side, it's, you know, Matos is 21 years old. I want to like emphasize and reemphasize that point like a zillion times i'm not worried about matos the plate discipline he's displayed is really impressive i really like his swing he i think he gets a little bit overrated as a runner he's not the fastest guy in the world but he can play center i don't know that he's gonna eventually be the long-term center fielder maybe he's better suited for a corner i think but uh He's 21 years old. He's the second youngest position player in the major leagues. And so, you know, a little bit of struggle in a little bit of a sample is not the biggest deal. Casey Schmidt, the plate discipline is going to have to improve. But with Tyra Estrada fracturing this hand, uh, Gabe Kepler said they are still in the informa- information gathering phase. And so they don't have like an exact timetable, but that they're you know, current thinking is that it's four to six weeks, and he said maybe a little sooner. So, you know, a good thing that you get the All-Star break mixed in, so there's four games or so that don't happen during that period. Tyrone Estrada, by the way, I mean, he had really been scuffling at the plate uh, over the last period, but so just overall a 108 weighted runs created, plus just a little bit above league average offensively, but you know, 18 stolen bases. I don't believe I should really know this, but that weighted runs created plus is factoring in stolen bases at all. I think it's just kind of at the plate, not what you do on the bases. And so having 18 steals in 22 tries has added to the value. Estrada has been one of the best base runners in the game. And, He's also done really well defensively, and I'm going to take a victory lap on this. A lot of people were acting like he was a bad defender, and I said all offseason, I have no reason to believe he's a bad defender. People were just kind of overreacting, I think, to one little blip of a season in defensive runs saved last year when he was at minus 12. But it seemed like an outlier. And sure enough, this year he's at plus five defensive runs saved, plus 11 outs above average, just off the charts, kind of good defensively. And so when you add all those things together, he's been one of the better players in the league. I mean, he's his 2.7 fan graphs wins above replacement ranks 23rd. It's actually tied with Luis Arise, who, you know, if you're a batting average freak, you love Luis Harris and obviously the season he's having is super impressive and 3.88 batting average coming into today but not a lot of power and much worse defense much worse base running and so the overall value according to Fangraphs is the same and you know is it again 23rd best player in major league baseball this is among qualified players. You don't really need the qualified distinction when you're talking about accounting counting stat, like wins above replacement. But anyway, I digress. It stinks to lose Tyro Estrada. Four to six weeks is better than what we got with Mitch Haniger in terms of the news, and I guess we'll see, but again you're going to put yourself in a position where it's like Brett wisely, who was recalled by the way, and started last night. But tonight it's Casey Schmidt. Maybe it was just Brett wisely starting because Brandon Crawford was out and Schmidt was at short. And so it'll, but neither of those players has produced. And so if they just have kind of a black hole in the lineup at second base, that's a problem. And so coming up later, we'll discuss how they could possibly address that position. But next we're gonna get into this game the Giants were exhausted after getting in getting to bed maybe at around 5 a.m and then having a game last night Logan Webb was fully rested and he pitched a gem but the Giants lost anyway how did it happen and you know some some actually great performers for the Giants in this game but overall, Another loss for the Giants. So coming up, so we'll get into it in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line uh, to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, here we go. We are going to get into the game last night. It was a game that the Giants kind of could have won, but there were definitely some negatives and also some positives. But overall, it's just another loss. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. dayers, tomorrow we are going to be getting into the second game of this series. You know, you got to keep grinding here as the All-Star break is right around the corner. Keaton Wynn is going to make his second career start. I'm quite high on Keaton Wynn. If he can do what he did in Toronto in his last outing, then, you know, this guy has a chance to stick in that starting rotation, which the Giants kind of need desperately at this point. Logan Gilbert, really good pitcher for the Mariners going, and they play the Mariners at 135 Pacific, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app, search Giants. So the game last night, basically, like they, they, Squandered a gem by Logan Webb, who went six and two thirds, allowed two earned runs, seven hits, two walks, eleven strikeouts. And so Logan Webb kind of rebounding in the strikeout department has been one of the one of the many positives this season for the Giants. But two years ago in 2021, the breakout season for Webb, he struck out 26.5% of batters. Last year, it fell to 20.7%, so a pretty big drop. And look, the overall numbers were still really good. In fact, his ERA was even better last year than it was the year before. But, you know, I wanted to see a rebound in the strikeout department, and we've seen it. He's at 24.8%, so closer to 2021 levels than last year. And, you know, games like that, where he's going out there and striking out 11 are just super impressive, and uh, he allowed you know the first run that he allowed was kind of Blake Sable's fault to be perfectly frank about it there was a pass ball that moved a runner to third with less than two outs and then there was a wild pitch that should have been blocked and so anytime the ball bounces they're going to call it a wild pitch but it was kind of right in front of Sable and he tried to backhand it instead of going to the traditional blocking form Kruko's always you know Harping on the one knee down style, and I get it. But if you look around the game, every single catcher kind of catches that way. Maybe here and there, there aren't, or there are some who don't, but that's just the way it is. But Sable, if you look at the numbers on like Baseball Savant, they have really good kind of catcher numbers like framing and blocking and pop times and all that kind of stuff. And Sable does well at framing, and I think his pop times aren't the best, but where he's really struggled is kind of in this blocks above average number. And so it doesn't surprise me. I don't know. They don't I don't think pass balls are are included there. And pass balls are typically, you know, they don't bounce and so it's not a block. But what tends to be like what Sable did in this pass ball was that he was trying to frame it and it was he had to yank his arm way across his body to get the pitch, which I guess missed the location. And he's trying to pull it back into the zone, but you got to catch it first. And he's had a problem. And, and like to his credit, he's kind of not a natural catcher. And so, and the giants are just kind of putting him in that position. And I guess they're, they believe it's kind of worth the occasional pass ball to get his bat, you know, instead of what else are you going to do, right? You're going to send this guy, you can't send him down. And so anyway, he made up for it though. I just want to say like, just to kind of recap this game. Yes. Logan Webb was excellent. Gave up another run in the top of the seventh that he was really upset about. He allowed a couple straight hits one to Colton Wong at the bottom of the lineup. I think that's the one that ticked him off the most. And then to JP Crawford. And then yeah, that did that itself tie the game. I don't remember, but he was not happy about it, but I want to mention Blake Sable, who had the had the pass ball and the wild pitch, and then in the very next inning, he comes up with a runner on and two outs, and he gets himself into a quick 0-2 count, definitely a two-strike count, and he, as we've seen a lot from him, and we saw later in the game, he just kind of, like, he might swing and miss, like, early in an at-bat or something, but he'll... He'll step out, he'll regroup, he'll focus up and kind of just, he just has the the mentality for those types of kind of big situations where he believes in himself and he's confident and he's not overwhelmed and he can just kind of refocus. And he did that and he hit a home run to dead center field off of a pitcher who otherwise kind of dominated the Giants. And then he did it again in the ninth after Camilo Duvall in a tie game, ends up giving up four runs in the ninth. It was just a disastrous inning. And I guess there's some people who are blaming some of the stolen bases that the Mariners had in that ninth on Blake Sable and not having Patrick Bailey back there. But those bases were all stolen off of Camilo Duval. Duval had uh, trouble just in general in this outing. And specifically, he wasn't holding on runners well. And his deliveries weren't the quickest to the plate. Like these guys were getting the guy who stole third got just a running lead. He was like halfway to third by the time Duvall was, you know, not even ready to throw. It was just like there was no chance to get him. And so anyway, the inning just spiraled out of control on Duvall, who gave up four earned runs. It's funny, just yesterday I was saying, He's really good, but he's not going to have an ERA in the low or in the high ones. I don't know if I said this, but the peripherals kind of suggested something more in the mid to high twos. I think I did say that. And sure enough, like one outing later, his ERA sits at 2.77, which I think is more kind of appropriate. And it's funny, funny how that can just happen in a flash. So hopefully, I mean, that's it's the first time in a while we've seen something like that from Duvall. And four runs in the ninth and you're down six to two, but the Giants battled back and ended up putting up a three spot in the ninth off of a really good closer, like a really good closer. And once again, it was Blake Sable with the big hit and in the same kind of situation where he really kind of regrouped after falling behind in an 0-2 count and two outs. It was like exactly the same. And the home run went to center field again. So Blake Sable he had a home run in the finale in New York. And so he's hit three home runs in his last two games. He didn't even start that game in New York. So that's great to see. I think it's clear why they like Blake Sable offensively. And he's working. He's doing the best he can behind the plate. And Getting that kind of offense out of your catcher spot, it made up for it. I mean, hitting he, he was responsible for like five of the runs the Giants scored, and so it more than made up for the mistakes he made behind the plate. So anyway, all in all, though, it was just another Giants loss, and those have been a little bit too frequent here lately. They lost their last game at home before heading out on the road, and then they lost two straight series on the road and then they lose their first game coming back so I believe that's two and six in their last eight games and so what is the big picture where are the Giants in the playoff position and what is you know in terms of the trade deadline are there any other needs now we were talking about starting pitching but suddenly you're losing position players as well so we'll talk about all of that in just a second but first All right, as promised, we are going to get into the big picture. Where are the Giants in the standings? They've fallen as they've gone 2-6 in their last eight games. They've got another tough matchup today with Logan Gilbert for the Mariners on the mound. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day tomorrow. We will be breaking down Keaton Wynn's second career start going up, up against a tough pitcher. His ERA, Logan Gilbert, a little deceptive at 419 he's good. And the peripherals, everything suggests he's better than a 419 ERA. And so this could be another guy who kind of lulls the Giants lineup to sleep, which has happened far too much lately. The Giants play the Mariners today at 135 Pacific, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app search Giants. So the big picture, there are some games going on as I record this. And Already today, the Reds have won again, and so I'm watching all these games. I'm already in like score total scoreboard watching mode, and with the loss and coupled with yesterday a Reds win and a um, Milwaukee Brewers win, I wanted to say Baltimore Orioles Brewers win. The Giants and Brewers and Reds all had the same record and the Brewers and Reds being tied atop that National League Central. And so one of them's going to be in first and whoever else would be a wild card team at this moment in time. And the Giants fell to, they're now a game and a half behind the Dodgers and they're four games behind the Diamondbacks and the Marlins won again just and some of these teams, they're just having like miraculous win after miraculous win. And that's probably how it felt watching the Giants when they were on that 10 game winning streak because they were also having miraculous wins. And so it feels like unfair as I'm watching these. I can't believe what the Reds are doing, for example, but it happens. And so anyway, the Reds already played again today and they already won again today. It's just unbelievable what they're doing. And all of these teams, by the way, the Reds. Have a minus fifteen run differential. They've been outscored on the season, and normally when you're outscored, you're not eight games over five hundred. It just it kind of doesn't add up. And the Brewers, same thing. They've been outscored by fourteen runs on the season, and yet they're seven games over five hundred. The Marlins are uh, twelve games over five hundred, and they've been outscored by twenty one runs. And so sooner or later, and the last I checked. The Marlins were winning big in their game that's already underway. And so it looks like another Marlins win is inevitable. And so sooner or later, I expect these teams that have these negative run differentials to kind of come down to earth a little bit. But it hasn't happened lately. These teams have been red hot and it and showing no signs of slowing down. The Giants, meanwhile, have the same record as, you know, coming into today as the Reds and Brewers who have been outscored on the season. And the Giants have outscored their opponents by 35 runs, which is one of the best in the National League. And that has an expected record of 46 and 39, and their actual record is 46 and 39. So the Giants are performing like you would expect. So why can't they have a seven game over performance? And there's a tendency to say like, oh, it's because the bullpen management or something like that. But I think it's just kind of random, to be frank and fair and, and honest. And you'll, you'll see it in a given year where some team has this great record in one run games and then the next year they totally do not. And it's the same manager. And so it's just, yeah, I mean somehow sometimes that's what's behind this like the marlins record in one run games is 20 and 5 and i believe yesterday was another one run game cincinnati's record in one run games 19 and 15 milwaukee's is 14 and 5 the giants are 10 and 10 dodgers are 9 and 10 diamondbacks are 11 and 10 and so it's not just you know, it's not necess- It's not a repeatable thing. The, the Texas Rangers, if you want to go, Oh, it's Kapler, who's, they don't thrive in one run games. What about the Texas Rangers managed by Bruce Bochi? They are five and 12 in one run games, five and 12, much worse than the Giants. And I don't take any, I mean, that, that team is 50 and 35, and yet they're five and 12 in one run games. So anyway, I think it's just kind of random. And on fan graphs, which I believe is accounting for the Reds winning again, uh, the Giants playoff odds are down to 62.6%. They were up around 75% just a few days ago. And so it's fallen quite a bit. And so they need to kind of stabilize here and get a win or two. Specifically, I mean, if you can win this series against the Mariners and then go into that off day at home and then a series against the Rockies at home, you'd be in good shape, but just don't let this spiral. Don't get swept at home by the Mariners. So every game is big right now going into the all-star break, and they need to kind of get back to their winning ways. And they, you know, with that win, the the Reds moved into first place. So the Giants are still clinging to a tie in the wild card with the Brewers. And the Phillies are one back and then, beyond that, you've got the Pirates at six and a half back, the uh, Padres and Cubs at seven back, Mets at seven and a half back. So it's really just the Brewers, Phillies to kind of worry about right now and the Reds and the Marlins two and a half games above the Giants, Dodgers one and a half. But yeah, so the Giants are still okay, but their position has worsened, definitely. And then in terms of the trade deadline, yes, I think like this is why I'm always saying when there's questions in mailbag episodes about what are the Giants' biggest needs, what are they going to do, you've got to wait till it comes because things can open up. And right now, I don't feel nearly as good as I did about the offense, given all the injuries that they've had. And the fact that these young players, while I I believe in them and I certainly hope for their success, you're trying to win this season and some of these guys just haven't produced. And so do you kind of fill a hole with somebody else at some point? It's definitely not out of the question that they could need to add on the position player side by the trade deadline. And we'll see ultimately what they do. Anyway, thanks again for making lockdown giants your first listen every day, every day is tomorrow. Like I said, Keaton win making his second MLB start. He was good in his last one. We'll be breaking it down tomorrow. Can the giants get back on track and Even up this series. Giants play the Mariners today at 12 or excuse me, 135 Pacific, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants Hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Happy 4th of July. Enjoy the game. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.